On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lurks podcast, we've got a two for the price of one sale going on because we're covering both Our Destiny and Roadhouse Garden from the Purple Rain Deluxe Edition release from 2017. And joining me on this episode is Leslie Ballard. Welcome back to the show, Leslie. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be back again. I appreciate you <laughs> being on the show again. It's been a little bit. Um, this is, you know, Purple Rain, Super Deluxe. Well, actually, it wasn't really super. It was just a regular deluxe edition from 17. Hopefully, someday we'll get something a little more meaty. But, you know, I, I think the, the disc of tracks that we did get from that 2017 release, uh, the vault tracks, are pretty solid. I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really excellent songs on there, this being one of them. Um, this was a song that you chose to do, I should say song. These are songs that they combined into a medley that you chose to do. Do you have any personal connection to these songs or do you just like them or is there something special about them to you? Yeah, you know, I've, I had heard the live versions, you know, bootleg sort of for a while and, and always liked them. And so then when the, well, one version of the studio version came out on the Purple Rain Deluxe, I was so thrilled about that. And uh, another thing about me is I have this habit of buying domains that I never do anything with. Um, and I actually own roadhousegarden.com. <laughs> so, nice. uh, yeah, and, and maybe I'll blog there. I don't know. Um, I've also got like Shaboogie Bop and, you know, anyway, some other stuff. But uh, yeah, I've just, I've always loved these tunes um, and I love them separately uh, as well as, you know, in the configuration when they're, when they're together. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good segue into kind of like the background of these tracks. So I'm using the term song kind of loosely because it is like a medley. But what we ended up getting officially released is a, com a combination of two discrete tracks that were written by Prince and performed by Prince and the Revolution, um, both live at the, at his June 7th, 1984 birthday show. And also there were studio versions of each of these songs so i think what I, the theory is that when this purple rain deluxe edition was being configured and, and tracked and there was a decision to be made and what to include instead of including separate versions of each of these songs as separate tracks what seems to make the most logical sense is that they made a decision executive decision to combine them in a medley just like they were performed at that june 7th show so it was kind of like mimicking how they were presented to the audience at first avenue at that time is that i mean do you have a different theory behind that leslie or do you think that there's some truth to that potentially yeah i don't have a different theory it's uh that's what i assume that they did um and it makes sense you know one day i would love to have the other studio version that that isn't released but um yeah i think it's especially of, of our destiny i mean uh but yeah i think you're i think you're spot on or at least no one's ever told me differently <laughs> yeah exactly so the the deluxe edition that we've got in 2017 was fine it was a placeholder it was like the first you know significant posthumous release that we got from the estate so i can't knock it uh, we don't have a vinyl version of it. That would be my biggest gripe, I guess, if I was going to have any gripes. But the the consensus, I think, amongst the Prince community, whatever you want to call us, is that we would love something 
a bit more along the lines of your 1999 or Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Editions. And if we ever got those, I'm hoping that, to your point, we would get like the, the separate versions of Our Destiny and separate version of Roadhouse Garden, whether those are Prince's version of Our Destiny, a full version with Lisa's vocals, a full version with Jill Jones's vocals, you know, right. Roadhouse Garden as it was, you know, kind of recorded um, originally back in spring of 84 before it was performed at First Ave. That's the kind of stuff that we're looking for, right? I mean, yep, this was cool absolutely. because this this gave us a nice cleaned up medley of these two songs, but we know that there's got to be out more out there. We're just hoping that they're in good enough shape and good enough quality that they can ultimately be shared with us at some point. Right. Along with, I mean, not to rabbit trail, but a really good live recording of electric intercourse, that version, um, <laughs> yeah. all, all that yeah. belongs on there. Absolutely. I, th- I think we all want that live, like a high quality version of that live yes. performance of electric intercourse from August 83. That's, that's what we <laughs> all kind of strive to, to have yep. something along those lines. Again, electric intercourse studio version that we got on the, Deluxe edition, great, love it. Want that live version though. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's kind of interesting that June seventh, eighty four. I think people would also like to have that full concert audio of that concert available. That would be great as well. But it's um, interesting, you know, to think of the people who were attending that show. So when Doves Cry had just recently been released as the first single from the forthcoming Purple Rain soundtrack. So the album had not been released yet by June 7th. Of course, the movie hadn't been released yet. And here Prince is playing songs like this Our Destiny Roadhouse Garden, All Day, All Night, songs that these people in attendance of this this show would never hear again unless they were into bootlegs. Um, and, And maybe the bootleg they got was just the bootleg of this show that they were in attendance at. Um, So it's kind of interesting, like, maybe they were expecting these songs to be on the soundtrack when they, when they bought it a month or two later and like, where's, where's that song I heard at first Avenue? Where's that, you know, the other song I heard at first Avenue, he was just kind of putting them out there and then never played them live again, which is always fascinating to me when artists do that, they'll perform a new song once and never again. Or, or wait a really, really long time in some, you know, in some cases. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, let's see, what else did I want to say about that? Oh yeah, the all day, all night, just for those Mm -hmm. who are wondering, yeah, that, that's the version, that's the song that ended up getting released on Jill Jones's, uh, self-titled Paisley Park release, but these two songs were never released in any other version by any other artist. And, um, according to Prince Vault, so for our destiny, according to Prince Vault, Wendy and Lisa worked on this track further in September of 84. So it's possible that the version that we hear on the 2017 Purple Rain Deluxe might have some of the uh, the live performance with overdubs, or it can be completely 100% studio. I'm not entirely sure. My ears are not discerning enough to be able to to tell, and I haven't honestly spent the time listening to them back-to-back to decide if there was anything pulled out of that june 7th performance and used as as the um the basis for this studio version 
So I'm not sure. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> dug down that deep, Leslie. No, I haven't analyzed them in that depth. I just, um, you know, I know that I've always appreciated that at the beginning of the, the live version, let's call it the uh, Bill Evans intro there. Um, I always thought was really cool um, from what was that album? Um, shoot, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. But anyway, the, the intro uh, of our destiny and on the live one was was from Bill Evans and that is not on the let's say studio version that we get so there's something different definitely definitely but there could be like you said elements that were the same I haven't analyzed it that in depth musically yeah yeah and good point about the intro because then what Wendy and Lisa had worked on further was the addition of strings which Prince must have liked enough to then take those out of this Our Destiny studio recording and repurpose them for the latter, which would be recorded mm-hmm. like a month later in, in the fall of 84 to, to, you know, to be part of the Around the World in a Day album. So, you know, there was definitely some value placed on the work that Wendy and Lisa had done. And I say had done because obviously they're, they didn't play the strings, but they... They either orchestrated them or they hired the people to do them because according to Princefeld, he really didn't have a lot of, if any, input to what they were working on with this song later after the the June performance. I think he was just a bit too <laughs> busy um, promoting right. the, the movie and promoting the album and then also creating more music as he tends to do constantly. So yeah, uh, I like the fact that you can hear those strings from the latter in this in the studio version of Our Destiny. That's a nice little Easter egg for those of us who can can find it and pick it out. With the Roadhouse Garden portion of this song, I guess Jill Jones had said at some point that this was based or this was going to be part of a musical Prince was working on. Mm called Roadhouse Garden. And then, of course, we also know that uh, Prince and the Revolution, or at least Prince and Wendy and Lisa, were planning on releasing an album called Roadhouse Garden in the late 90s, which was going to include songs from the 80s that were being either re-recorded or just released on this album as is from the 80s, including Roadhouse Garden, of course, the title, which would have been the title track. But that release never happened. So we have a lot of a lot of opportunities for Roadhouse Garden to also see the light of day if any of these ideas had come to fruition, whether it was the musical or the, the late 90s Prince and the Revolution release. But, um, you know, it never happened in Prince's lifetime. It, it would be fun to have like a speculative track listing of the 98 what was to be or wasn't to be i guess more accurately said the roadhouse garden lp um you know with wendy and lisa's input similar to what you know people have done with like the original crystal ball and and stuff like that that would be really cool yeah yeah it's it's interesting because we don't really have that level of knowledge of what was going to be on that unlike the original crystal ball when we've seen um you know tapes that were earmarked or called crystal ball that were like studio tapes that were going to be right. used for the configuration. I think just because that would had that had gone so far into the process of becoming an actual album 
So there had been a lot of eyes on it prior to it being, you know, shelved, but right. you know, ultimately, re again, repurposed for Sign of the Times. So that's largely the reason why you can explain why Crystal Ball could be reconfigured and as the original intent, but Roadhouse Garden has not been able, nobody's been able to do that yet. Right. Uh, also, as far as like the, our destiny half of this, this track, it's kind of notable because it is Lisa Coleman on lead vocals, which, uh, you know, prior to 1984, we really didn't have any examples of uh, anybody other than Prince performing on a a track that was either intended for or performed by Prince or Prince and the Revolution. Like, if you don't count, like, those Rebels songs from the late 70s, which right. were never going to be a part of a Prince project, that was, as far as I know, that was never really the intent of those studio sessions. But we have to believe, like, this song... Prince had, had in mind for something that he was working on that was going to see the light of day. Like it was performed live. It was, he had members of his band spend significant time on working on it. So it wasn't just a quick, Hey, let's jam in the studio. Hey, Lisa, you sing on this song. And then just kind of like a, a studio exercise, like those rebels tracks were. So I find that interesting. I mean, it wouldn't be the last time we would hear, no lead vocals from somebody other than Prince on a Prince and the Revolution or Prince track, Prince and the New Power Generation. But this was like the first, I believe, first example of that. It's the first one I can think of as well. Right. And then he really leaned to it, leaned into it with like Parade and, you know, other other projects like that. But yeah, it's, yeah I, that's sure. probably one of the reasons that I that I like our destiny so much. Like, it's just different. You know, it the entire vibe was different from. I mean, I think it could have fit on Around the World in a Day, um, but, you know, he chose not to, but it's just different, you know, I, I love it. Yeah, and when you think about from a musical standpoint, I guess, you know, that's not really what we do on the show, but when you think of it musically, it makes sense that it could have been an, an Around the World in a Day track or even like a B-side, <laughs> for example, mm -hmm. because it's got strings, used strings quite a bit starting at that era when he hadn't really before uh it's got the finger symbols in roadhouse garden finger symbols are all over around the world in a day mm -hmm. it just has i mean it makes sense because he was writing these songs at the same time he was writing songs for around the world in a day and recording songs for around the world in a day so unless he was able to compartmentalize like this is the sound i'm going for for around the world in a day <laughs> And this is the sound I'm going for for Roadhouse Garden. And the two have to be completely um, different in terms of the sound and style. Uh, not that he couldn't do that. Of course, he had the, the skill and, and you know the talent to do that. But I just don't think like when you're writing songs and, and recording songs in a time frame, like, you know, two, three, five month time frame. I just can't imagine that ideas don't bleed into each other from from project to project song to song and what what you think sounds cool and sounds of of the moment for you is going to find its way into each of those songs as well so that's just kind of my thought on it yep i agree with you it definitely has uh genetic commonalities with other things of the era let's say yes exactly i like that um 
I do think that the solo version of Our Destiny, only because we like, when we like hearing songs that were sung by somebody other than Prince, I think the the natural inclination for those of us are like, that's cool. I love hearing Rosie's vocals or Wendy's vocals or Lisa's vocals or whomever, Tamara's vocals, but I want to hear the the Prince vocal version of that too. <laughs> you know, we, right. we value all these other singers and we think they do a great job, but we know who wrote them. And so we, our gut is that there's a version with Prince's vocals on it as well. Time has proven us usually correct with projects like originals and some of these super deluxes where you hear the Prince vocal version of a song like makeup. Um, so we, we like, we like hearing Prince's vocals too. So I hope that we, we hear our destiny with Prince's vocals at some point. Right. I mean, we can hear them on the live version, but we need, like you said, we need the studio prints on this, on this track. I agree. Yep. We're on the same page there. So in terms of our destiny, since these are two different separate tracks that were combined for the the live and studio versions that we got in 80 or in 2017 they don't have i mean i when i look at the lyrics and i read through the lyrics of both of these songs the commonalities are i wouldn't say very strong they seem to be very two very different songs with two very different messages or themes maybe we'll uncover some common threads between the two songs but i don't know like our destiny is telling one story and roadhouse garden seems to be telling a completely different story to my eyes and my ears but i don't know that i guess that's the the purpose of going through them is maybe we'll uncover something that connects the two songs besides just the fact that they were performed together on stage in in june of 84 i, I don't know what do you what are your thoughts on that do you think they're separate i i think they're separate i think that they um they both make me feel really good. Like they feel like positive, like one of them's more, you know, ethereal and I don't know how else to put it. And the other is, is just happy. Right. Um, but they both have a very positive vibe, at least for me. Um, but yeah, thematically, lyrically, I don't really think they have a lot in common. Yeah. I struggled, um, to find anything myself. I, I didn't spend a lot of time looking for it because I was really just kind of wanting to, to let the conversation take us there. If it, if there was something that we uncovered, but I, I was struggling, I was struggling because our destiny seems to be on the surface, a song that speaks to, you know, the, um, the mixture of love and destiny and how, or the idea that true love is something that uh, people have very little power to control or have very little control over. It's so like uh, speaking about faded love and, and love that, you know, you, you, you just kind of happen upon, not something that you, that you find necessarily by searching for it. It just happens to you in some ways. So let's go through the vocal or through the, the lyrics of our destiny and, and see what we see. The moment you came to town, my life Twenty coins to your name. Washington, no one to blame. Our life, 
So the first verse, the moment you came to town, my life changed all around. 20 quarters to your name, five George Washingtons, no one to blame. And then we get into the chorus. So with this first verse, uh, Leslie, what um, what are you getting from this in terms of the theme and what, what Prince is trying to say here? Basically just, uh, you know, you showed up and color of everything change you know the, the the mood the lighting like my entire world um changed you know began to to sing began to to sound different look different etc i've always been super fascinated with the the poetic wordplay there of 20 quarters to your name five george washington's um i just you know it's not like it's super deep or anything but uh it, i've always thought that was a cute a cute play there I'm trying to figure out with those two lines, how much money does this person have? Because <laughs> 20 quarters is $5. Five mm-hmm. George Washingtons is $5. So as he's saying... Is it five, five or ten? Exactly. Does, do they have $10? <laughs> five of them in quarters and five of them in $1 bills? Or do they just have $5? And they're just saying like, you have to, the equivalent of 20 quarters or five George Washingtons, and that's all you have. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's a good question. I could figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I've always, like, in my head canon, as, as some might say, it's always just been $5, but uh, that's that's a good point. I haven't thought of that. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't want to carry around 20 quarters, I guess. No. I mean, if I had. Unless if you were going to the laundry. Quarters, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> If I had to, or the arcade when I was a kid, right. I would love to have 20 quarters, but, um, right. But if I'm carrying around 20 quarters in my pocket, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to a bank and asking if I could change this for a five or five ones. <laughs> right. That's just me though. I don't like carrying around change. Um, but yeah, so I agree, I agree with you. It's, it's just kind of, again, setting, setting the, the theme as somebody who is found somebody, um, kind of like happenstance like the moment you came to town my life changed all around so just this person entered this other person's life and despite the fact that they seem to not have a lot of money uh, doesn't really matter there's a clear attraction and connection that that's being spoken about here in this first verse and you know money doesn't matter tonight i mean that right and (laughs) i ain't got no money so like start of uh, i want to be your lover so prince does like to make sure that money is not important when sp- speaking of matters of the heart definitely a theme definitely one other quick thing um it's always been interesting to me the line no one to blame like i could see it saying you know you imagine someone coming to town and they've got five or ten dollars in their pocket and they have no one to rely on, right? Like they're alone, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're fending for themselves. But the line no one to blame is interesting. Like I've always kind of thought of it as like, well, if I if I fail, I've got no one to blame but myself, right? Like whoever whoever that that person is that, that's being sung about here. Yeah, it is an interesting line because blame for what? Blame for falling in love, blame for 
like if it doesn't work out like if it doesn't work out like i can't blame anybody but myself because i knew this person didn't have any money and ultimately like they just kind of swept me off my feet and maybe i'm being rash and 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 not thinking this through i have nobody to blame this is my choice my life changed all around uh and i know i know exactly who this person is at least financially (laughs) (laughs) and so i can't i can't blame anybody if 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 that becomes a problem in the relationship later on or maybe has nothing to do with the money at all and has something to do with another topic but yeah it's an interesting choice of words to end the the verse on so then the chorus goes i look it's written in the sky above our destiny is to fall in love don't fight it because it's stronger than us our destiny is to fall in love l-o-v-e love and again i think i already kind of cited what i think the chorus is really reiterating that it's the theme of the song is you know that there's there's fate and this this love that she's speaking about in the song is of that type like it's just meant to be it's written in the sky above and our destinies to fall in love like there's she's very she has a very um open heart when it comes to this this person like not not too guarded like she's willing to just let it happen and let whatever be maybe i don't know do you um do you have any comments on what you think the chorus is trying to say Uh, yes it's that i think it's even stronger than that on the leaning into love side of things like because she's not just saying oh whatever happens happens maybe we'll fall in love she's like no look the sky says we're going to fall in love so we got to do this (laughs) right like who are we to fight fate right we should just you know lean into it um very grandiose yeah, don't fight it. and you know exactly because it's going to happen you might as well enjoy it um it's basically what i what i hear saying there yeah yeah exactly it's our destiny which of course the name of the title of the of the song is our destiny so the title of the song tells you exactly what the type of love lisa's singing about and that's that's a destined love that that they like you said they have no uh recourse against because it is it's faded it's it every all the signs are pointing to this being something that will happen and they just need to go along with it um kind of let let it take them over and and don't fight what what's happening to them and and it's interesting too is that i mean it it gets into it later in the the song in more depth but the destiny is not to be together forever that's not what she says right it's it's to fall in love it's just it's that that act or experience to share that together um and and purely focusing on that and i think that's that's interesting too Mm -hmm. and there's there's definitely lines later in the song that that reiterate that and, and definitely add credence to that comment you just made that it's not to necessarily be together forever it's not necessarily even to be you know, a, a long-lasting, never-ending love for the ages. This is just 
this is happening right now. This is for right now. Let let let's let it take its course and see where it goes. But we're not going to fight it right now, at least. Right. Exactly. The moment I saw you walk, I had to talk to you. I didn't know what to say. I wanted your love anyway. Again, kind of speaking to the love at first sight, I think, um, theme that Prince did like to explore in his writing, especially songs that were around uh, romantic love and, and you know sexual attraction and lust. Raspberry Beret, Little Red Corvette, You Got the Look. A lot of his biggest hits from the 80s were of this this type of writing where Prince sees somebody and is just immediately enamored with them, has to get to know them better, has to sleep with them. <laughs> you know, these are these are I mean, these are all themes in these songs. Raspberry Beret, Little Red Corvette, You Got the Look, You Walked In, I Woke Up. Um Raspberry Beret, she walked in through the outdoor, you know, mm-hmm. first time I saw her, I had a nerve to ask her. She had the nerve to ask me if I planned to do her any harm. You know, I mean, these are like first time meeting type songs. Right. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways. You know, it's just the same things like Prince likes to talk and speak to songs or write about songs where this uh, these first time meetings are just they just blow them away. The moment I saw you walk, I had to talk to you. I didn't know what to say. Like the second he's really into the idea of, uh, you know, love at first sight. I think at least from a a songwriting perspective, whether or not he really believed it, I have no idea, but uh, I think, I think one verse. No, I agree with you. And I think one could argue that he probably did in real life too. If you look at some situations over his life, but we're not here to analyze that necessarily. Um, yeah, but you know, you you're you're probably right. I mean, there's <laughs> you, how do you write so many songs about love at first sight or lust at first sight without believing that there's something to it, like the excitement of meeting somebody new and feeling you know that rush, like instant connection. Um he definitely believed in that, I think. Yeah, I think um, so too. But I, I this the second verse i think is i don't know it kind of feels trite to call it cute but it sounds cute to me like it just makes me smile every time i hear it like you know just imagining you know seeing a person walk and like oh i've got to talk i don't have no idea what i'm going to say but i'm compelled by destiny to talk to this person you know um Mm -hmm. that's sort of how i hear it yeah i wanted your love anyway didn't know what to say i wanted your love anyway so you know if you, if you don't shoot your shot in this mm-hmm. case you, you will never never know and you'll and this person feels like it's a it's written in the clouds it's faded again like as we've already talked about so you gotta go for it and and, and because it's faded it will all work out in the end right 
I also, you know, sort of roughly from this broader era, um, this verse makes me think of Wonderful Ass also. Not only because of the, you know, Lisa's participation in the vocal, but, you know, I knew when I saw you walk, just that that whole theme there, too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The walking. That um, must have been. Sexual, uh, very sexy walk or something that turned him or in this case lisa on to see this person walking so like somebody's walk isn't often cited as being an attraction attractive trait i guess maybe i don't know depends on the gender depends on i think that's a lot of things i personally i don't look at people's walk and think to myself wow that's a really sexy walk i just don't but other people may be more attuned to that aspect of a person's style or a person's presence where the way somebody walks does make a difference to them and, and it's something that they do notice so just i think it's person specific look i'm not saying let's get married or nothing i'm not ready to settle down and i don't want to have your baby but you gotta be the finest specimen i've ever seen <laughs> So the part that towards the and you know each of these little sections, our destiny and Rojas Garden together, they combine it to be I don't know like a was a five minute song or so. Individually, they're very short, of course. Right. So we don't we don't have a lot more lyrics, but Lisa's got this spoken word section, and it's like the bridge, I guess. Look, I'm not saying let's get married or nothing. I'm not ready to settle down, and I don't want to have your baby. But you got to be the finest specimen I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I that's my favorite part of the song personally, just because I love how she delivers it. Coming from Lisa, it's it's a it. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I it just sounds like something Prince would say, and then when coming out of Lisa's mouth, it just makes me laugh a little bit. It's cute, like you said, even though it sounds trite. I, I think I I don't have it in front of me, but I think there's a reference to this in Dwayne Tudal's. Uh, Prince in the Purple Rain era studio sessions, 83 and 84. Um, I, I seem to remember Lisa kind of talking about how cringy that was <laughs> for, for her to say. Yeah. And it, it, it cracks me up. I would, I mean, I've, I've met her a couple of times, but if I ever get to again, I, I'd love to talk about that. Um, that uh, like you said, this, this entire song is cute to me, um, but especially with her delivery and especially the very, you know, but you got to be the finest specimen I've ever seen. Like, I just laugh every time. Yeah, yeah. Prince liked having Lisa say things that I don't think she would normally say in her day-to-day. Like, the head, for example. Like, having right, her yep. <laughs> recite all those lines in head and then having her say just the line, you got to be the finest specimen I've ever seen. <laughs> That's just... I mean, I don't know Lisa Coleman personally, obviously, but I've seen enough interviews with her. She's very soft-spoken in interviews and, you know, kind of demure. Not that she's, um, you know, in private that way, but when she comes across as more, uh, like I said, when Wendy is usually the the more louder, boisterous one of the two, Lisa tends to take a backseat when they're having interviews with the two of them. 
so just for her to have say something so bold, you know, and so brazen is is cute and fun and I like it. Agree. Absolutely agree. But what this does say is to your point earlier, this is not so the it's weird for me because the idea of a faded love of of something that is destined to happen sometimes you automatically assume that that means that it's going to be a an everlasting love or you know a love for the ages meaning they will be together forever this is not what this uh-uh. song is saying and it, and if you weren't sure this part clarifies that for you i'm not even saying let's get married like we can just have our thing right now even though it says our destinies to fall in love but falling in love does not necessarily have to mean be in love forever get married make some sort of grand commitment to each other raise a family um i just want to be with you in the moment and you know our destinies to fall in love it, it, it sounds like it's very romantic but it could also just be a stand-in for you know a sexual relationship too prince often used the word love when really he just wanted to you know put a different word in there like have sex fuck whatever um but he's but he's trying to make it a little more palatable to wider audiences so it's a song about love well no sometimes those songs about love are songs about fucking um and that's really all they are and i'm not saying that this song is that but you gotta wonder like if he's talking about how their destinies to fall in love and i just gotta talk to you i gotta you know see what you're about don't fight it we need to be together yeah but how long for for the night for the weekend don't plan on getting married or if they are let's not rush it and that, maybe that's really the, the the message there let's let that happen naturally if it happens at all you know it, it this entire theme not only you know sort of going back a few lines about walking right watching someone's walk but also that sort of in the moment, I want you right now, sort of a thing. Um, also, it, it just occurred to me, it reminds me of Feel You Up. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, where there's that line that says, uh, something about the way you walk just really blows my mind. Sorry, but I'm sick of all this jive. And then he says, uh, you know, later on, you know, I ain't looking for a one night stand. I only want to fill you up. I don't really want to be your man. I only want to fill you up. Um, you know, very, very similar, you know, sort of theme, I think. Yeah, I will say what I need to say to get you to notice me and get you to spend time with me. But let's not let's not pretend that there's anything greater than that at this moment. It could develop, but I just met you, so let's let's not talk about getting married and settling down and having babies together. Let's that's going a bit overboard. But it's written in the sky, so. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna do it <laughs> sooner rather than later. Yeah, but I don't want to scare you away either by declaring this this uh, this faded and written in the sky above love is going to result in some sort of long term commitment. It's um you know that he's trying to put it in perspective, I guess. Like 
I just met you. So let's put this all in perspective. We're not ready to settle down. And, it, you know, it kind of reminds me also of, um, she's always in my hair. Um, you know, that, that sort of, I don't know, not to go too much into that one, but the vibe there, um, just very similar thematically, I think. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of songs I think that you could point to and have similar thematic elements to our destiny, I would say. Um, okay, so then at the end of the song, there's a little more of, of new lyrics here. I'll say we cannot kiss, not just yet. Rita Hayworth would never treat you like this. Our passion's in bloom. Let's find a room. Do you want me? I want you. And I think it's, it's basically kind of saying the same thing. Like, Except what's interesting is the line, I'll say we cannot kiss, not just yet. Like, that doesn't really match, I guess, unless what, what's what been set up to this point, except for the fact that let's slow it down. And this is just kind of saying, again, let's slow it down. What, um, what do you see here, Leslie, that you wanted to touch on with this ending portion? Yeah, so I've, I've struggled with this verse because I've never been able to fully decide what it says, like what I actually hear. Um, and I've, I've searched for lyrics so many times, right? So there's the, what you just said, and then there's like a whole bunch of lyric sites out there that have a completely different interpretation of what the lyrics actually are in this verse. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah, just like, th- that verse is, 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 uh, a little bit enigmatic for me. Um, you know, there's one version out there that says something like, um, I'm smitten with that kiss you steal. Oh my god. Which it doesn't sound like that to me either. So I'm not like that's another question I'd love to talk to Lisa about. Like, what the heck does it say? Um I, I don't know. I, this verse is just a little bit odd to me. Uh yeah, because that's entirely different. Like that means entirely different thing than what I just recited. Now I'm not saying like so I use a, a site called Moonbeam Levels for you. They tend to mm-hmm. be pretty, pretty good, pretty accurate when I've compared different lyric sites, I've noticed errors in some sites that this site does not have. So I tend to, to, and I listen to them as well. And I tend to agree with what they're putting out there. And if, and if the lines are what I just recited, I'll say, we cannot kiss, not just yet. But then they then he says, or she says, and later in this little verse, let's find a room. I'm like, (laughs) What? I mean, what are you going to do say, in that room? If are you saying you don't want to kiss in public? Like, what? what's the... What's yeah, the maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, I didn't even bother to, to look at other interpretations of these lyrics. And like the Rita Hayworth line, like, that makes... Like, it wouldn't surprise me that he had put that in lyrics. He had sort of a ongoing fascination with classic film and, and things like that. Um, but there's some sites out there that say 
something like um, instead of Rita Hayworth, it says, babe, I would never treat you like this. Like, babe, I would never not. Wow. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, this verse. I was kind of dreading, ta- not dreading talking about it, but like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say about that verse. Um, yeah, well, nobody seems different. to know exactly what's being said. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of hard to talk about a verse that where the lyrics are so different, but depending on which site you go to. Lisa, if you ever listen to this, let us know. <laughs> yeah, because I went to Genius, that which is another usually pretty solid one, but I've noticed some errors in Genius. I'm suffering and kiss, not just yet. <laughs> That's, That's the third version. <laughs> yeah, so I really just need to put it up. I put it out there to the listeners like what have you heard here like i know that this song is not a song that people have been listening to well most of us have not been listening to for decades and decades like songs off of purple rain or 1999 so maybe there hasn't been a you know a widespread um prince fandom interpretation of these lyrics because they're it's for the most of our lives it's been a vault track but uh, if you have heard this song enough where you've come up with your own interpretations of what's being said here and, and it differs from any of the things that we've already cited, let me know because uh, there's there's nothing out there mm-hmm. that's proving to that this is any of these sites are right or wrong. So we're just running with it. I think we can agree that it says, let's find a room. Do you want me? I want you. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that part that, is That's unambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> let's find a room. So, again, is it because, you know, you just don't want to exhibit PDA? Uh, or is it more like, we want to do this. We want to be together physically. Let's go find a place to do it. Apparently, not my house or your house. Well, this person just arrived in town and just has five or ten dollars, so they probably don't have a place. So, hopefully, uh, the singer of this song will spring for the room that they're suggesting they get because I don't think the the person $10. that arrived in town <laughs> has enough to really buy much or shouldn't be spending it on a room at least. <laughs> True. Okay, so then uh, that is where the song segues into Roadhouse Garden. And the music changes, of course, because it's two separate songs, but it flows very nicely. You know, it. I think it sounds good together. They do a great job of, of combining the songs, mixing it in a way that just makes it sound like any any medley that was originally intended to be together. And again, we don't know if Prince had plans to combine these two songs in his mind, and that's why he performed them that way on June 7th, 84. Or if, you know, when they were practicing for this show, they're just like, oh, I got an idea. Why don't we do a medley of these two unreleased songs? Okay, cool. Let's do it. And then that just became canon because that's all we ever got. I'm not sure, but it sounds good together to me. How about you? Do you like how they, the two songs blend together here at this moment? I do. Uh, like I said before, I think that the mood fits. It's not like there's a jarring mood change between the two. And um, even if the lyrics don't 
have really a common thread otherwise. I think they sound good together. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly thought so as he arranged them live that way. Uh, but I, I still would like separate versions at some point. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so Prince is back in uh, the, the lead vocal position for Roadhouse Garden. This is the road that leads to where I live. See the house, open the door. It's all right. It's all right. This is the house where we used to play. We're open nights. We're open days. It's all right. starts the song with this is the road that leads to where i live see the house open the door it's all right then he says this is the house where we used to play we're open nights we're open days it's all right this is the garden where emotions grow 24 feelings all in a row it's all right yeah it's all right so he does kind of three verses before getting to the the very brief chorus of i'm talking about the roadhouse garden the roadhouse garden so right you know the thing that jumps out to me is the way he starts each of these verses this is the road this is the house this is the garden and that's where we get roadhouse garden from mm-hmm. um but besides the obvious connection to the title of the song and how he uh, structures the verses here what are you getting from like as an overall theme for this song based off of those first three verses, Leslie? Well, knowing that conventional wisdom slash what folks who were there have said was that this tune was kind of introduced as like a housewarming for the flying cloud drive warehouse. Which is um, where it allegedly was recorded. Right. Um, like studio sort version. of. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you know, everybody come here and then he rolls out the song. Um, That's sort of how I hear it, right? Like, so, uh, you know, a roadhouse, having seen the film Roadhouse as a kid, that's really my only frame of reference for it. But, you know, kind of like a, yeah, RIP, you know, being sort of a, a rough place that folks get together sort of on the outskirts of town um you know where there's music and other things um that i sort of i hear that like his intention for perhaps what was going to be at the the flying cloud uh warehouse and then like garden being like i don't know more of a happier I don't know how to put it, uh, more organic and colorful place. Um, sort of putting those two things together, I think is what I've always heard is him trying to say, like, this is my vision for this space and I want you to be here. Um, mm. You know, see the house, open the door, it's all right, come on in. You know, you're welcome here. Um, I could be reading way too much into it, but that's the way I've always heard it. So I see what you're saying. So like it's a physical place, clearly, because it's got it's a house and there's a road that leads to it. And so when I think of what you just described, I'm thinking of it being like, again, a physical place, but also a mental state or a place where you can 
feel at ease with your, I mean, he says where emotions grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's using garden as that metaphor for a place where you can be emotionally well. Uh, you can feel free to exhibit your emotions, be who you are in this roadhouse. So I, I, yeah, I get it. It's kind of, I mean, what it really kind of reminds me of is Paisley Park, mm-hmm. um, the, the song. And which, again, makes sense because these were around the same time, 80, written, both written in 84, as far as we know. And uh, the concepts seem vaguely similar, I guess. So, like, in Paisley Park, there's a park that is known for the face it attracts. Here he says, this is a road, this is a house, this is a garden. So he's kind of, like, presenting this idea of a place in both songs. He uses some similar language um, later in the in the song when we get to the lyrics using the word color. Um, color is a a word that he will use in Paisley Park. He doesn't really talk much about emotions, at least not using that actual word. Although the song is, I think, quite a speaks quite a bit about people's being able to. Uh, set aside emotional trauma or deal with it in some way at Paisley Park. He doesn't quite get so deep into it in the lyri- in the lyrics of Roadhouse Garden. So, like, if people are comparing Roadhouse Garden and Paisley Park as songs, I think Paisley Park is a better written song lyrically. There's more to it, but in some ways, I think there are similarities here as well between those two. I kind of get right. a, a Paisley Park vibe out of it. Definitely, like his um, clear longing and planning for a playground to create, you know, with with the people that he loves and or respects. Um, and then, you know, the the part uh, we're open nights, we're open days. Like they recorded twenty four seven, pretty much. Like that that's part of you know, sort of piecing together the clues that always makes me think. Like he was, of course, this is metaphorical, but I think symbolically he he was opening the door to flying cloud with this track yeah it's like flying cloud warehouse was like the beta version of paisley park right like the first attempt at creating a space like that i like that the song to me definitely has like a musical theater feel to the lyrics so it's like setting the stage no pun intended for a story that's going to be told if you think of it as like the first song that you hear like if there was the roadhouse garden musical that jill jones speaks has spoken about then this would be like the, potentially the first song you hear right it'd be and definitely the, the opening thing. number yeah 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 and you're gonna get to know this place better as the play goes on so the the lyrics to the song don't have to be all encompassing. It just needs to kind of present this idea and you'll get more out of it as the play progresses, as the musical progresses, each song will give you more and more, um, more and more details around what Rose's roadhouse garden is, but just starting it off like here it is everyone. This is the roadhouse garden and we're going to tell you all about it as the, as the musical goes on. So it's really just an introduction. That's why I grouped those three verses together because individually they don't really say much. 
It's just more about when you combine them, what are they trying to to give the listener? Um, on the uh, this is a garden where emotions grow, twenty four feelings all in a row. Uh, I always hear that as a twenty four track recorder. Ah, uh, or, or console. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there had to be some sort of significance to twenty four, right? Besides yeah. Besides hours, there's twenty four hours in a day, twenty four track recorder. I like that. Yeah. Just sort of. I don't know. That's just how I've always heard it. And 24 is not divisible by seven. <laughs> no, not, so, not evenly. <laughs> so, yeah, not evenly. So a rare instance was Prince uses a, a number that doesn't have really anything to do with seven. In some way. Talking about the bird. Okay, so um, the second grouping of lyrics, again, I'll read them all because, again, I, th- I think each of the individual verses don't say a lot, but when you combine them, I think they're trying to say more. This is the place where people die. See the dog come inside. It's all right. It's all right. This is the house where life's played. This is the place where evil died. See the door, come inside. It's all right. This is the house where life's the play. Don't let the color scare you away. It's all right. This is the garden where emotions grow. Give them love. Open your soul. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, so um, here, I don't know. Like It just seems to be, to me, just continuing on with talking about what the Roadhouse Garden is or has the potential to be. Um, the line, don't let the color scare you away. So that one's interesting to me. And that, cause I, I don't know if it means how colorful it is, meaning like people are colorful. Like it could be a colorful personalities. They could be speaking about race. I, I don't know. Don't let the color scare you away. It could just be like um, music as color to it. Uh, I don't know. What What do you think about that line? You know, it's interesting. I I sort of heard it like you did, almost like a um, symbolic or I don't know. But reading, I was mentioning Dwayne Tudal earlier. Love Dwayne. Um, his interpretation in... Uh, Prince in the Purple Rain Area studio sessions is like the literal color of the building. Like going back to Flying Cloud, I guess it was brown. Like I, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a picture of it, or if I have, I've forgotten. But like, <laughs> don't let this brown exterior scare oh, you off. <laughs> right? I love it. it's always the simplest explanation, right? Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, dunk, but it could be. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I, I don't to know. Apply all this meaning to it. It's just like Prince thought that it looked like a bland place, and don't let the color scare you away. It's pretty cool once you get inside. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and maybe as we've seen so many times in Prince lyrics, maybe it was both. You know, <laughs> yeah. he was he was great about 
multiple meanings and, and things like that. <laughs> but I remember the first time I, I read this book, I was like, oh, okay. All right. You, you know, th that's. You could literally just be talking about the color of the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might not be uh, that deep, but it might be. It might know? not be that deep. <laughs> and that's like the theme of my, my, uh, my show is it might not be that deep. <laughs> This is the place where evil died. That's a pretty interesting statement to make about a potential music studio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's really like applying quite a bit of depth to this location. You know, evil dies here. You know, I just recently watched these Halloween reboot movies, and one of the catchphrases of those movies is evil dies tonight. This is a place where evil died. So maybe meaning more like uh, you, you spirituality is welcome here. Um, you know, they say check your ego at the door here. It's check your negativity at the door potentially. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's you know this is coming after Purple Rain, and or at least after recording and whatever. About to be touring, I think, if I'm thinking about the timeline correctly, and. To me, at least the tracks that ended up in and on Purple Rain are are darker, um, just in general, with the exception of like Baby I'm a Star and you know some like, super happy ones. But just in general, they they feel darker. This one feels more almost toward that sort of '60s era, almost psychedelic Sergeant Pepper pet sounds around a world in a day feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like like he's leaning into that, and, and that's there's all this garden and you know spirituality and positivity. It, it just it feels like it's leaning more into that that mood and era than yeah. Purple Rain. You know, I agree, and this is total non sequitur, but I think a lot of the or not a lot, but quite a few of the tracks that ended up on the Purple Rain Deluxe, while written and recorded in '84. So you would think that would fit in with the era, but not really, because Prince had Purple Rain done. Like he was over yeah, it. They, <laughs> yeah, he was totally over it. He was totally over, like you said, the darkness that had to go along with it, because it's kind of a it's a musical drama. So there has to be dark songs about dark moments, and whether it's um, emotional and physical abuse, uh, domestic violence. Uh, um, issues within family and within the band it's just that there's a lot going on in purple rain that le that lends to a darker theme most of those songs were written in 83 a couple of them in early 84 just to flesh out the film and get some music out on the soundtrack that was needed after the fact after it was done filming but you know by mid 84 even probably spring of 84 the concept of Purple Rain was over in Prince's mind, I have to believe. And that's why Around the World in a Day was such a drastically different sounding record. So a song like Roadhouse Garden and Our Destiny and some of these other song, Dance Electric, um, and, and I'm sure there's others that were on this Purple Rain Deluxe edition, to me, more likely would have fit if there was ever to be an around the world in a day because they're more thematically 
and you cited this already, the more thematically aligned with that release than Purple Rain. All this has in common is this was written around the time Purple Rain was going to get released. But right. we all know how quickly Prince worked. We all know how quickly he would pivot from one idea to the next. So this idea has nothing to do with Purple Rain, in my opinion. Nope. I agree. Yeah, I was just just wanted to sort of call attention to it. it seems like a transitional track, right? Like it's it's another signpost that we're moving on. Mm, for sure, we're moving on. This is the gardens where emotions grow. Give them love, open your soul. Yeah, that's a very 60s kind of love movement. Love can love can conquer the world. Um, all you need is love. It's it, that's the kind of the, the the theme and the vibe that you get as a listener when you're hearing songs like and lyrics like this. In my mind, <clears throat> definitely. Um, anything else about Roadhouse Garden, Leslie? No, uh, I just wanted to mention. Uh, not about the lyrics, but how amazing it was when the revolution was on tour pre pandemic, um, getting to see them perform. This was amazing. So if any of them ever listened to this, just wanted to thank them for, for that experience. It was fantastic. Yeah, that I'm sure it was. I, I'm not jealous. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say I'm jealous because jealousy is a negative emotion. But uh, I just, you know, that that would have been cool to to be at. So I'm, I'm very happy that you got to experience that. How awesome was, would that be? It's definitely cheesing a lot <laughs> during that song. It was it was great <laughs> for sure. I would have been too. Okay, so that basically brings us to the end of our discussion on our destiny slash Roadhouse Garden. Two interesting and unique songs separately brought together thanks to Studio Magic. And the idea that uh, Prince and the Revolution had placed in all of our minds because they were performed once and only once together. And um, they will always be linked for that reason, no matter how many times we we may hear them separately in the future. They'll always be linked in my mind. Any final thoughts on the song besides what you've already or the songs combined besides what you've already told us, Leslie? Just wanted to say uh, again, Lisa or Jill, if you can tell us what our destiny actually says, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we we that's that is the message of this episode is we need to know what those last lines of that song are, or in the very first lines of that last verse, because nobody seems to know. All the <laughs> the lyric transcribes uh, sites are are in competition with each other for somebody's wrong, right? And maybe all of them are wrong, and that would be. That would be almost <laughs> if that was true. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show, Leslie. Sure. Uh, do you want to point anybody to any social media handles that you have out there? I can. I'm not super active on social media right now, but uh, if anybody just wants to chat on Instagram, I'm Leslie underscore 3121. And on Twitter, I'm Shockadelica78. Uh, I think I'm kind of invisible on Facebook. I'm really hard to find, but at any rate, uh, or email Leslie at LeslieValor.com. Happy to nerd out about print stuff anytime. And uh, thanks, Jason, for having me again. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
This has been the Press Rewind Prince Eric's podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. The show can be found on social media, although, like Leslie, I've been ignoring my social media accounts <laughs> lately. I uh, It can be a slog to try to, you know, to, to sort through them. But if you want to say hello, uh, if you want to be on the show, you can DM me on any of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just contact me and let me know if you have any interest in being on the show on any one of those social media handles. I appreciate all the listeners and thank you very much. And until next time, goodbye.